you are back with the conversation on HPR. I'm Catherine Cruz. Today, we are talking about the reopening of retail stores and small businesses as we try to safely get the economy going again today. Joining us at the table, Sherry Minor McNamara, President and Chief Executive Officer of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii. Uh, she's said to be the youngest and first female and first Japanese Filipino leader in the organization's 170-year history. Nationally, she serves on the Board of Directors for the Council of State Chambers and the Association of Chamber of Commerce. Uh, welcome, Sherry. Glad to have you back on again. Thank you for the opportunity, Catherine. Good to hear from you. And also joining us is Pearl Ridge Center GM, David Chanelli. He has over 20 years of experience in shopping center and property management and commercial development and leasing here in Hawaii and California. From 2012 to 2017, he served as the Associate General Manager at Alamoana Center. Chanelli sits on the Board of Directors of Goodwill Industries and has been a member of the International Council of Shopping Centers. Welcome, David. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate you having me here. Yes, well, uh, glad to have you on board. And Stephanie England is the general manager of Kamakana Ali'i. She has been the GM at the Kapolei Shopping Center since its opening in 2016. She was previously the general manager for Kahala Mall, Kapolei Shopping Center, Hunikai Office Building, and Hawaii Opera Plaza at MMI Realty Services. Thanks for being here, Stephanie. Aloha, Catherine. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, we're talking about this green light for retail shops, malls, and small businesses here on Oahu, you know, following the lead of the neighbor islands, which opened up, uh, you know, some of them last week. Um, Sherry, you know, what are you hearing from your members? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, businesses want to reopen, turn open the doors, turn on their lights, and get commerce going again. Uh, obviously, has had a tremendous impact on our economy. Uh, we partnered with Uhiro on a survey recently, and uh, it showed that one out of four Hawaii businesses reported that, that will, they will permanently close without additional financial support, even after receiving federal PPP loans. Uh, so, you know, have, having commerce going again is going to be critical to hopefully have these businesses uh, sustain themselves and continue operations. You know, I have been going out to get takeout to support our, our uh, restaurants, and I was over at Kahala Mall, and I saw, you know, one of the shop owners, uh, they had all their merchandise out, and they were doing deep cleaning of the carpets, you know, in preparation for welcoming customers. Um, you know, that's a indoor mall, and uh, I, I know, uh, David, you, you know, you've got the same situation over there at Pearl Ridge. How's that going? Yes, that's uh, you know pretty much like a similar um, situation here, um, where all of our all of our stores um, are you know working hard to reopen, uh, getting their staff back back uh, to return, uh, making sure that their staff you know members have the proper PPE gear. Uh, ensuring that their stores are physically set up for business uh, and so that they comply with this with the new state and local regulations and and just so many other factors so uh, our retailers are 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 working very hard to get back open uh, but certainly to get back open uh, safely and Stephanie you've got a kind of an open air mall. Uh, out there in Kapolei, um, how are you looking at this? 
Yes, we do. So I, our approach has been very much similar to what David was saying. Our retailers, of course, are taking care of things within their four walls, and they are all being very responsible about how they are approaching that and following the appropriate CDC, state, local, and you know even federal guidelines that have been set up, you know, for for social distancing and face mask wearing and all of those kinds of things. And I would say in center, you know, our customers going to see something a little bit different. Our Common area spaces, common area seating, according to the mayor's order, will be cordoned off and temporarily closed. Um, we have social distancing messaging that will be placed throughout the center to just help our customer understand, you know, what social distancing, what physical distancing means. And then, of course, just asking folks to be respectful of the safer at home, you know, concept and the order that's set in place. And, you know, according to that order, our mayor is really wanting us to come out, go grab the things that we need, um, do our shopping, and then head back home where we are, you know, quote, safer. And so we are encouraging that type of movement throughout the center with signage and, again, encouraging our customers to follow those protocols because we certainly want to hold down this curve at this point. And we have seen in some stores where they've, instituted a policy, no returns on, on some goods, uh, and then, you know, you can't bring your own shopping bag after, you know, it took, you know, a long time for some of us to get, to get used to remembering to bring in our own, uh, you know, shopping bags. Uh, so how are you folks approaching this? I don't know. Who wants to take that? Well, I'll take it. I think, um, you know, really it's just it's, it's inside that retailer's setup, and we're, of course, going to follow whatever protocol, and the tenants will follow whatever protocol is set forth. And, you know, they obviously folks have bags, the retailers have bags available, and we'll just work through that as, as we go. And, um, you know, I know there's lots of plans out there for our retailers where they're setting up, you know, you've seen in certain areas the social distancing um, dots that's, you know, on the floor and those kinds of things. Um, we're setting up areas outside tenant stores to allow for queuing just in case the store is too uh, full and has reached its occupancy or its revised occupancy according to the mayor's order and allowing folks to kind of queue outside in the common area. Um, and I think that's just the, the responsible thing to do right now. And, and each of our retailers are approaching it based upon their corporate protocol. And David, are we going to see lines uh, on the floor outside the shops? Are you there, uh, David? Oh, I. We will have to reconnect with David. Uh, Sherry. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, how about oh. now? How's that sound? Okay, you're okay. good. Yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah. so we are 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 putting those lines down on the floor because we, you know, obviously like the mandate is um you know one one person per 200 square feet of um of retail space so we will be helping our our retailers uh to you know limit the amount of uh of guests that they have 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 in their stores and sherry because we have seen the different islands you know come on board at different times uh I don't know. Is there anything we can learn from Kauai, Maui, and Hawaii? <laughs> I think we can all um, share best practices, right? I think what we need, though, is clear, concise, and coordinated uh, guidelines 
from government. As you can see, state has their own, governments have their own. So we need to ensure that whichever is the guiding or um, policy, that that is made clear to the businesses because it has caused some confusion. And we've received questions about, well, the county said this, but what about the state? So um, we hope that that communication channel strengthened so that each business is know what they need to do to ensure uh, that they protect, uh, provide health and safety standards and protect their employees as well as their clients and consumers. Are we expecting any additional guidance from the city and county or from the state? Well, we're hoping that the state issues uh, the public health and safety infrastructure framework, which has, uh, which has been um, in the works for a few weeks and hopefully it is released tomorrow so that way we can use that framework as a basis of determining the different levels um, in this in, in the event there's a surge of cases what would trigger uh, the um, business needing to close because of that and so this is what the framework provides uh, and we hope that along with the framework that will have clear and concise guidelines uh, for industry on what they need to do and you know what during this period and while we're waiting for those guidelines uh, many industries are already moving ahead to uh, to prepare um, like we're hearing right now the retail I know the restaurant is also working on it as well as other industries uh, because it does take some time to prepare the uh, workplace uh, now that we have the healthy health and safety element to it such as ensuring if uh, proper uh, PPEs um, and sufficient supply, obviously. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the more we ha- information we have in terms of the stages of what types of businesses are opening and what the guidelines are, uh, the better it is for businesses to be prepared. Okay, we did reach out to uh, some businesses in the community. You know, prior to the city's March 23rd order for non-essential businesses to shut down, Pico had been a full operating retail and service floral business at the Salt Shopping Complex in Mm -hmm. Kaka'ako, in addition to online sales and workshops. And since then, uh, sales have been online. Uh, They opened for Mother's Day. They offered flower arrangements, uh, live plants, and vases. Courtney Monaghan is one of the store's co-owners. She said there's been some confusion on the reopening. And we had a really nice Mother's Day. We were, we had a lot of orders, more than we've ever had before, so we were super thankful and grateful for that. Um, And now we can open. I believe, so this is where all of our confusion comes, is we weren't totally sure if we could just stay open since we are a flower shop or if we needed to close again and then we can reopen on Friday. We're also a little confused of what we need to provide for customers, if it's sort of just up to us, if it's to, you know, the spatial, the square footage of the shop. So working with that also, you know, now starting to work with my employees to figure out as they slowly come back, um, one, with them working much limited hours, but also what they feel comfortable, you know, doing here in the shop. So that's where a little bit of confusion comes. I'm not exactly sure what we need to be offering and figuring out what my employees and the customers feel comfortable with. And Pico's owners believe that it's everyone's personal responsibility to follow the law and the guidelines set out by the city and the state. However, this could lead to confrontations, and Monahan wants her employees ready to deal with these situations. Some of our biggest concerns come 
from what if we have one customer in the shop and another customer in the shop and one customer doesn't like what the other customer's doing? Like, what do we do then, right? Who's right then? And what do we do as the business owners? You know, like having to train my staff on if somebody won't put on a mask, you know, do we, we have to ask them to leave. Those are, you know, those are all just things that are big challenges. And unfortunately, not everybody's comfortable doing those sorts of things. So we're having to train my staff on how to get a little bit more comfortable and how to relay to people kindly and effectively that there's new things in place that we need to follow. Um, you know, cleanliness, like if you see somebody touching everything, you know, do we ask them to leave? I don't know. Um, do we only put out a limited amount of merchandise so it's less things that people are touching? But then I'm paying square footage on a huge shop in, in downtown Kaka'ako, um, which the point of it is to have all the merchandise out on the sales floor. So, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot to think about. It's, it's not quite as easy as just reopening your doors. I think it's a really good point. Uh, Sherry, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. I think there's definitely that there's going to be a new norm, obviously. Uh, and, you know, what's definitely highlighted is, and what we've been hearing more is about the consent of liability. How is that going to impact businesses? Because uh, what if an asymptomatic customer comes in and um, an employee gets affected by COVID? What does that do? Uh, so will we see a surge of uh, cases being filed because a lawsuit being filed? You know, that's, that's been a huge concern, not only uh, here, but also nationally. Uh, so we're following closely the issue and see how Congress addresses that. And we've also raised that issue uh, with our government leaders as well. And uh, uh, David, what are you hearing from uh, your vendors, your, your shop owners in your mall? Well, I, I, I think that they share some of the same kind of concerns, but, you know, as, as an enclosed center at Pearl Ridge Center, you know, certainly we're committed to providing a safe and enjoyable shopping experience for our guests. But given the circumstances, you know, any activity that threatens the safety of our guests, retailers, our employees, um, you know, will not be accepted. So. You know, for instance, like the face covering uh, is going to be something that we know uh, is going to be heavily scrutinized. And um, even though we do have stores that, that offer the mask, uh, we have an inventory on, on hand as well that we can provide. But if we find that our guests are just simply not acting responsibly, um, they may be asked to leave. And, and, and that's, again, is for the safety of our guests, our employees, our, our, our retailers, um, and our own staff. So uh, with that, we are beefing up our security presence throughout the center um, and also making sure that our tenants are working in partnership with us to make sure that they report any behavior that goes against any of these safety measures. And Stephanie, I'm sure there, you know, the feeling is that the uh, the shop owners they they want to make sure they're they're uh, they're doing it right. They're opening safely and uh, they're following the guidelines. Absolutely, and I think that's something that a lot of the 
our tenants have been communicating, you know, with us is what their plans are going to be, what their protocols will be, and and they are all in line with the the state mandate and this, you know, mayor's mandates and things. So I think, you know, everybody again is just trying to do this responsibly, and I do believe that our community will be Pono, they'll be respectful. I think that everybody understands that we all have a responsibility in this to protect each other and to make sure that we are all doing the right thing. And ultimately, I think that's what it all comes down to is is we all know what the right thing is to do in this situation, I believe. And, and I think that we'll all, you know, our community will rally around us and make sure that the right thing is being done. Well, you're listening to The Conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. Our guests are Sherry Minor McNamara with the Chamber of Commerce of Hawaii, uh, Pearl Ridge Center General Manager David Chanelli, and Stephanie England, General Manager of Kamakaniali'i in Kapolei. We'd love if you would join the discussion uh, with us by calling at 941-3689 or 1-877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Uh, we did have a... a couple questions come in. Gail, she wanted to know, you know, how can non-essential businesses open without testing protocols? Employees, both non-essential and essential, need uh, a minimum weekly testing. Otherwise, how do you know if you're keeping the community spread in check? Uh, Sherry, I don't know. Have you you gotten any uh, additional guidance or information about testing protocols? So I do know that uh, the government is working on a public health infrastructure plan, which I referenced earlier, that's supposed to be released uh, tomorrow. Uh, And it does cover the uh, screening, testing, tracing, and quarantine plans place. Uh, What does that look like? I'm not sure. So what kind of screening measures will um, businesses need to implement uh, and what, and it may vary because industries are different. And so that's what we are waiting for. Uh, and that will provide some guidance as to what we need to do. And David, what are your tenants uh, uh, asking about when it comes to testing? Or have you heard any questions about that? Well, not 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 as much of the temperature testing. I mean, we, we, we are certainly going to follow all the guidelines that uh, have come out from the mayor's office and and the governor's office, and you know most of them have been uh, again social distancing, the wearing of masks, um, not congregating in the common areas. Um, you know we've we've pulled off all of our our seating like in our food courts. Um, you know, and, and something else that we've kind of gotten like a start on is that we are doing temperature testing um, every morning when our staff shows up, and that's housekeeping, security, and the management staff. So we are, we've already started that, and, and, and we'll continue to do that. And as more guidance comes out, um, as... Uh, as Sherry just mentioned, we, 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 we will certainly fall in line with that as well. You know, we did reach out to the Retail Association. Uh, they weren't able to join us. Uh, but I don't know, uh, Stephanie, what are you hearing from your tenants? You know, really, I think it goes back to right now we know what we've been told by mayor and governor, and all of those protocols will be followed, and all of them, again, are being responsible, and as more protocols are issued, as Sherry referred to, we'll fall in line. And ultimately, that's the 
these folks want to get their businesses back open, but they want to do it safely and they want to do it the right way. And so when that guidance comes down, our tenants will certainly follow the mind, as will we as a management and ownership team. We have another email from Gail uh, who writes, opening non-essentials while there are long lines for free food pickups is insane. People can't put food on their tables, can't find Clorox wipes or toilet paper. Why are we allowing boutique stores to reopen? Sherry? Yeah, and so <laughs> that's what we've been asking in terms of the, a, a phase plan as to what types of businesses can open and the timeline of it. Um, we also ask um, when can non-essential businesses open, like a regular office in a building, uh, which appears that they are more flexible in creating a work em- environment and can control the people that go in and out. Um, so yeah, that that's a great question. Um, you know, I think though that some of leaders recognize that we need to get commerce going, uh, and that's why again it's critical that we get that public health and safety infrastructure plan and guidelines out as soon as possible, so that we can all open our doors and turn on our lights in a safe and efficient uh, manner. Um, but yeah, and like. Um, you know, what retailers are doing now is preparing to ensure there is a safe environment. And um, we hope that once those guidelines are in place that, uh, you know, it will, um, many will follow it because we're all in this together, as they say, and our cases have been low and we want to keep it that way. Uh, so we all have to do our part in um, and hold ourselves accountable to ensure that we're practicing uh, all the different protocols. Right, and we do want to make sure that we don't see clusters uh, erupt in, in places across the state. We have a caller on the line from Wahewa. Ellen, good morning. Yes, hi. You have a question or comment? Yes, um, I do. Um, my my uh, question, I guess, my general question is, um, do you folks all agree that we need to look at this as a situation where it's black and white, that if retail is going to open, which it is, um, that safety is out of the public safety is absolutely paramount. And my second question is, if it is paramount and black and white in that sense, then why shouldn't every store have a sign on the door that says masks are required and that actually informs people they need to cover their mouth and their nose. And secondly, a sign that says no touching merchandise, period. Okay, who wants to take that one? What's is David. Um, so I can tell you that those signs will be uh, posted at all of our entryways um, and will be, um, will be displayed throughout like our common area as well. And I, it's my uh, understanding that, that many of, of our retailers will have, have similar signs up as well. Um, I should also point out that even though we are opening, and, and I just kind of want to make this clear, Friday, um, it, it, it's going to be a rather soft opening. And, and, and I, I think that the numbers that we're hearing is probably 
30 to 40 percent of our retailers will be opening. But I know that they will be uh, putting up the necessary signage and complying with all of the local uh, mandates and protocol as well. You know, I did look at the Retail Association's uh, webpage, and they did have some guidelines that were, uh, I think, put out by the uh, Federal Association. You know, and, and it covered, you know, things like dressing rooms, you know, and return policies. So uh, I think, you know, that, that is something that's, you know, going to be on customers' minds about, you know, what they touch. Because, <laughs> you know, they don't want to uh, spread the disease either, you know, uh, and bring it home with them. Absolutely. You know, uh, we did reach out to the Kauai Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Mark uh, Periello is the president and CEO there. He says members there have been taking it slow, ensuring that they're taking the necessary steps to keep their customers safe. He said that although businesses were required to shut down, 90% of their members are happy uh, with Mayor Derek Kawakami's actions, which have resulted in no new cases in two weeks. But he thinks there's one area the government could do better. I think if there is any frustration out there, it's that they didn't have enough lead time between the announcement that they could open up and when they were allowed to, which meant they weren't really prepared. And so, you know, as the government looks to open up uh, more aspects of the economy in the future, you know, there's definitely a hope that there'll be more lead time for our businesses to, to be able to open up when they're allowed to. Periello also shared concerns that some businesses might not open up until visitors return to the islands. I think the decision to reopen is going to be really individual based on the business, based on the customer type that they have. I do think a lot of businesses, retail or otherwise, are going to wait until the tourists start to come back to the islands because that's really their bread and butter. Uh, we did a survey recently of our members, and we asked them what percentage of their business is dependent on the tourist economy, and the overwhelming majority of them stated that the bulk of their income comes from tourists. And so in the absence of tourists, I think businesses will be slow to open, right? The, there's only 70,000 people that live on the island of Kauai, and they can only right, go out to dinner so much, spend so much money, uh, and a lot of those people are out of work right now, too. And so, right, they're watching every dollar. And so it's really, I think, going to take some time for businesses to open up their brick-and-mortar stores again. And Sherry, uh, let's talk about this because you've got uh, malls like the, well, the International Marketplace in Waikiki, and that's, mm -hmm. you know, very heavily dependent on tourists. Yeah, the percentage that Mark indicated is um, it was the same as what uh, the Uhuru survey indicated as well. And so you can see that the visitor dollar uh, has had tremendous impact um, directly business as well as indirect. Uh, more than 220,000 people are unemployed. We went from a 2.4% unemployment rate to more than 30% overnight. And we've gone from the lowest to the highest in the nation. So you can see how much impact uh, it has had on all uh, our businesses in our economy. Uh, and even you hero stated that once uh, we get commerce going, uh, 100,000 are going to be still unemployed um, as a result of the impact on the tourism industry. And so, uh, you know, that's something that we are um, closely monitoring as well as uh, seeing what kind of discussions are taking place to uh, reopen uh, tourism in Hawaii, but ensuring that we do it in a uh, health um, 
in a health and safe manner because if we're going to promote Hawaii as a, the safest place in the nation, we want to keep it that way. Uh, so we need to do it right the first time. Uh, so that's why it's critical, again, as I mentioned before, to have this public health and safety infrastructure plan and framework to work off of and to see how the tourism industry will be incorporated in that plan I so that we can get employees back um, you know, to, to their positions and um, re-energizing the visitor industry. I recall down over at the International Marketplace, I think they were the large chain stores that were the first ones to close their doors. I believe it was like Free People and uh, Anthropology, uh, Urban Outfitters, those, those businesses in the Waikiki area. Uh, I think, I, I believe for, you know, David and Stephanie, your mall really relies on the local community to support the shops there. Yeah, Catherine, this is Stephanie, and I, I would agree with that. And our tenant mix, over 50% of our tenants are local operators and local businesses. And I truly believe, you know, local supports local and our local community will support the local community. They understand that tertiary connection between, you know, their auntie, their cousin, their uncle works in one of our retail shops or provides, you know, whether it's the, you know, the, the, the produce or the, you know, the Whatever it happens to be, you know, we have some folks that make soap and things like that, but there's other things on island that are naturally sourced that that, that whole commerce line is, is was disrupted tremendously. And getting all of that back, and this is the first step. This is the first step to begin to do this safely where we can have that ancillary effect. And I do think our community, unders- our community understands that when they get back out and they are able to shop for their needs, you know, people need new clothing right now. Some folks need shoes for their children. Some people need their soaps and lotions and things like that. It's been quite a while since they've been able to purchase these items. And so, you know, being able to support and provide those things for the community is important. And knowing that those dollars are going right back to that local community, I think is critical and something that's important to us at Kamakana Ali'i to um, be sure that we are supporting local, and again, going back to that concept of local supporting local. And I have not heard, but I know you've got a large Macy's out over there. Are, are they going to be reopening tomorrow? So I can't, I'm not a, sure if they're going to. I know for sure they won't be opening tomorrow, but they do have plans to reopen. I don't know that exact date yet. Okay. And again, I think part of that comes from you know, these very large corporate structures, they opened quite a few stores on the mainland over the last um, week or so. And I will say what we have seen nationally, JLL has been monitoring this, but we've seen that these larger, your Macy's, Victoria's Secret, Anthropology, Three People, these folks are falling behind the opening by about a week or two weeks, kind of watching, trying to see how things are going. And then also their infrastructure is so much larger. So making sure that they're implementing the appropriate protocols state by state, city by city, county by county, because again, a lot of across the country where these folks are located, the rules are different. And so um, it takes time for them to roll all these things out and make sure that they're following each individual entity's uh, guidelines. Well, this is The Conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. Uh, We are talking about the uh, soft opening tomorrow of shops here on Oahu. You can join the discussion by calling 1-877-941-3689. Stay with us. We'll be right back after a short break. 
Each week, Says You, public radio's game of words and wit, attempts to present a seamless professional presentation with varying results. Where are the words? The words are downstairs. This is not helpful. This is an embarrassing moment. <laughs> Perhaps you can tell them when these shows will air, and then yeah. you won't have ah. to do that. A teaching later. moment. Yes, a teaching <laughs> moment. And uh, I really don't know when these shows will air. Tonight at 6.30, following Marketplace. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from First Insurance Company of Hawaii, providers of auto, home, commercial, and specialty lines of insurance since 1911. First Insurance Company of Hawaii, F-I-C-O-H dot com. back with the conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. We're talking about the plan to reopen shops tomorrow here on Oahu. We do have a call coming in from a small a business owner, Peter from Hawaii Kai. Peter, what's on your mind? Hi. Yes, hi. Um, so the only thing I'm not hearing, and maybe it was discussed earlier, but um, this, the fact is, is that a lot of these small businesses, mine included, um, you know, we some of us were able to get um, some loans, but not a lot of us. And some of us are, even with the loans that we were given, they're fairly small. They might cover one or two months of rent. But what's going to happen is if these small businesses don't somehow get going in some degree, all of them are going to close. So we're going to lose all our barber shops. We're going to lose all of our small businesses. We're going to lose all of our – and I, that, that's, the, that's what's going to happen. You know, people are – you know, I know my business is right on the edge. You know, we're going to be scratching to come back from this as it is. And so when everybody's saying, oh, how can these people be reopening when there's lines at uh, food places or this and that kind of a thing, basically what they're saying is, is we no longer need these small businesses. So it's kind of like I think if we don't get small businesses somehow up and running, um, trying to be everybody trying to be safe, wearing them face masks and all that stuff, we are basically saying goodbye to the existing small businesses in Hawaii because they're all going to go bankrupt. Can I ask, what's your plan for reopening? What's my plan? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that probably we're going to have to start doing it and um, everybody's going to need to be wearing their face masks in the store and trying to um, do their best. But what is the alternative, right? Is the alternative just everybody go out of business? Because that is the alternative. So I'm not really sure what, you know, I'm not saying that that this is fake or anything. I mean, I'm scared to reopen just like everybody else. And, you know, there's a little bit of nervousness and I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get anybody else sick, but I also would like to keep my business up and running, you know? So right. at what point do we, you know, we've got 70 cases in Hawaii. We've had city mills open. We've had Safeways open and so far so good. So now everybody's trying to say, okay, let's try a soft opening. And then we're getting all this pushback. Like somehow we're villains. And I don't, think that's the case i think people are just trying to put food on the table good point sherry do you want to weigh in on this i'm sorry this is sherry yeah sherry okay uh yeah if i if i may and peter's absolutely right we cannot let our small local businesses go away if they go away that is going to change the fabric of our communities uh, our landscape and they are the the heartbeat of our economic engine. They are the ones that have provide 
um, many of our jobs, and they are the livelihood of our community. So we need to ensure we do everything possible to keep our small and local business live. Um, We've been advocating since March, um, asking for the state and local governments to provide some kind of immediate relief to help small businesses sustain operations. Uh, You know, federal loans, um, we do know that the federal government provided loans, but not every business was able to get those loans. And even if they did, there's been um, challenges. While the intent's there, you know, obviously they had only a few days put together, and now we're recognizing that uh, there's some um, challenges to implement the PPP loans. Uh, and then there's some that just small businesses that couldn't qualify. Uh, so we've been, the state received COVID funds that could be used partially for um, to help government um, address some of the challenges, and a portion of it can be used for um, business disruption. So that's what we're um, advocating is to have state government use part of those proceeds to help small businesses. Uh, the city and county of Honolulu, through the mayor's office, just uh, issued uh, a grant program to uh, certain types of businesses, uh, and that will be announced on Monday as relates to the criteria. We do know that this uh, grant program uh, is up to $10,000 um, for the businesses. That's less than 30 employees, less than $1 million in revenue, and other conditions. Uh, so it is $25 million. Uh, we anticipate that many will apply for it. Uh, and the mayor does anticipate that if there is a need that uh, more funding will be allocated. Uh, so those are some of the things that are going on right now. But, uh, yeah, we need to do all we can to support local businesses. And as Stephanie said, you know, buying local, supporting local is more important now than ever before. I know we've always said that. But now as we take a look at how to restart tourism, we need to support, uh, as what Lieutenant Governor said, the Kamaina economy. What can we do to support the businesses and ensure that they can continue to remain viable? What can those businesses who are doing okay um, do to incentivize their employees and buy uh, and help employees, um, whether it's through gift uh, bonus programs, incentives, I don't know what that is, but how can we be creative so that those who businesses that can't afford it right now can support the small and local companies, whether it's the restaurant, retail, or other businesses. As we know, we're all interconnected. And so the more we support local, the more, the broader the impact it will have. And we understand that uh, Mayor Harry Kim on the Big Island uh, may be rolling out uh, a a program as well for microloans, you know, possibly next week as well. Yes, and the legislature uh, is in session right now, as you know, and they're working on a budget uh, and discussing ways of allocating the COVID funds. So Honolulu was the only county that did receive COVID funds uh, just because it fit the criteria of the um, population count. Uh, So that's why the legislature has convened to look at the budget as well as the COVID funds and see how much can be allocated to each island. So hopefully when the islands do get the COVID funds, they can use some of it to support the small and local companies through grants or microloans. 
We did uh, talk to a uh, local business owner, Kent Unterman. He's the owner and co-founder of the Art Source, which operates uh, businesses such as Pictures Plus, California Closet, and Island Soul. It has locations across the state. And during the crisis, they moved to online sales and will open for walk-ins this week, a situation that they will be monitoring closely. The message, and I want to speak for all small business restaurants and everybody, is it's really hard to do business in Hawaii anyway. But trying to do business at 25 or 50 percent of normal is really impossible. So we're going to open up uh, this weekend. Uh, we're not very optimistic because we just don't think there's a lot of excitement to go out and shop. But we are going to open up, and then we'll just have to decide. It's likely that we're going to have to go to a one-day-a-week um, and really just try and meet the demand. But trying to open the doors, turn the air conditioner on, pay for the labor – or meager volume just economically doesn't work, and, and we go out of business very quickly when you just don't have the demand. Underman is also concerned about keeping the community safe during this health crisis, but he's uh, keeping an eye on the big picture. Uh, I, I think my biggest message that I'm looking at this is uh, just the reality that this COVID is going to be here for the rest of our life. And so the COVID, I think the tendency is to think, hey, well, if we shelter in place, COVID will go away. So I'm a, I'm a risk portfolio guy as a business person. You have to look at risk. And we really are in a crisis and we need crisis leadership. So I think just really understanding the risk and, and starting to look at this long term, because we're not going to be able to shelter in place for 30 years. And I think in, in a vaccine, while it will help us, it's only 58% of factors. So I think we need to unilaterally understand the risks better because right now we're intolerant of risk and that's what's causing a potential bigger health crisis you know i did talk to a, a friend uh yesterday who said with the stores opening he thinks that uh, yeah people will start to go out but he just thinks the kapuna are the ones that are going to have to stay inside and stay indoors until we get a vaccine you know kent is one of our um here at Kamakana Ali'i, and we're thrilled to have him part of our ohana. And, you know, he mentioned something about online sales and how there has been that conversion, and we've seen that with quite a few of our retailers. And one other thing I think to, to mention is as an open-air shopping center, we do have the unique opportunity to be able to create areas and pockets of what we will call curbside pickup. And we are implementing a program like that to help our retailers, one, because I've had an outcry from of our retailers, especially those that are already set up for online purchases like Victoria's Secret, Bath & Body, um, Macy's, all of these types of you know, folks. And so I think it's, it's just another way for us to support and all of our local businesses are working to create those same types of things, um, you know, partnering with CNHA on their uh, Makeke and things like that that we've, we've done with them in connection. And so it's in and supporting all of those local folks and we as a as a management team and as a center providing the infrastructure to create that ease for that that shopper and you know really I think Kent Kent is right that there does need to be a look at you know what is the risk and um, and how do we manage that because are we getting to a point where the risk is, the risk of closure and uh, is causing more harm to our local businesses, our commerce, and our community. Um, and I think that that's something to be considered by our all of our governmental officials. And, and I think that's where this 
this balance that we're trying to strike um, and that our community and our, our governmental agencies are trying to strike where we, we slowly roll out, safely roll out retail and, and other elements of our commerce in order to be safe, but at the same time keep people afloat because the longer this goes on, the less likely businesses are going to be able to survive. Yeah, you know, and I I would tend to agree with Stephanie, and 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 even though there there's quite a bit of um, you know negative, I, I I I do think that there that that we are all looking at at new ways to to support our retailers, and you know Stephanie mentioned like the curbside pickup, and you know that's something that's uh, not only for food, but we're we are both looking at that for like retail as well. So just think about how easy it will be to order online at your know, Macy's or or like Bath and Body Works, Sephora, and then have your product ready for pickup in a designated area of the parking lot. So I think as troublesome as these things seem now, I, I think that the creativity and working with our retailers to come up with, with new ideas to help them, I, I really believe that we will continue to do that. And, and it's just a matter of uh, being creative and, and the, you know, continually looking at these new ideas. Now, I have not... And if, oh. Well, I've not had a chance to to uh, get to Pearl Ridge, you know, during the shutdown. Uh, but I imagine that that some of your food uh, places are open for business. You know, you've yes. got two areas, yeah. so you've got it's kind of complicated for you. Yeah. So uh, you know, all all of, all of our restaurants, uh, uh, CPK, Pyology, um, Gumte, and you know, so on and so forth that that have an exterior entrance. Uh, have have certainly like remained open and have a pickup you know service and and you know obviously they haven't been able to do 100% of the sales that they were doing pre-COVID, uh, but they are doing um, you know some are are doing uh, what I would consider a rather surprising high percentage of sales. So I think we need to keep encouraging that and um, you know working with them. Um, and 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 there again, con, you know, taking that from doing it primarily with food, but also looking at ways that we can do it with our retailers as well. So, I I I I think for us, we're we're trying to be okay. How can we do things differently? And um, you know, definitely not just kind of throw our arms up and say, you know. Um, we're just giving up on this because I, I, I think so many retailers still want to be in business and they want to partner with us and we are, are constantly talking to them, working with them on new ideas um, to, you know, maybe it's using your parking lot, uh, you know, maybe it's using our, our parking lot just to bring out fixtures of clothing. I, I so. I think there's a lot of ideas that we need to keep keep exploring, um, and we will continue to do that. And, and that's going to like involve partnership and conversation. Right. We've got we've got to innovate. Uh, I want to squeeze one more call in here. Sherry from Kauai. You have a quick question. Hello. How what a wonderful show. You, you have a question I for our guests. I wanted to comment. Uh, 
uh, I have been a resident for decades, and I adore retail, outdoor shopping. But you, the gentleman that was just speaking said he hit the nail on the head, how to do things differently. And my comment is addressed to two different shop owners. One was saying the retraining of employees so that they can address a customer and perhaps ask them not to handle so many items while they're browsing. And then about five, four calls later, the gal with the clothing boutique, she's trying to find out what is the policy and regulations for protocol for having a dressing room safe. And the answer to that is there is no protocol for a safe dressing room. And if you are aware of Walmart or Target or any of the large big box stores, corporate stores very wisely, all of the dressing rooms are closed. That's correct. And I I would not be interested to go into a beautiful boutique and look at beautiful things if they were being tried on. Thank you so much, Sherry. We appreciate you uh, calling in. We have just a couple of of minutes left. Any quick final thoughts from our guests? Sherry? The station that was just um, occurred. I think technology innovation are going to play a major role in as we pivot to this new norm, we're going to see a lot more companies uh, and innovators come up with different types of technology to be implemented in, in retail industry or restaurant, et cetera. Uh, for example, whether it's have virtual reality displays where you don't have to try on the dress, but it could be in a, um, in a kind of virtual reality setting, self-scanning system, smart cards. Uh, handheld shopping assistance. I think we're seeing that already. So, uh, as again, as we pivot and adjust, uh, we're going to see a lot more of these uh, companies coming up with innovative products to address the health and safety aspect of uh, running a business. Stephanie, any final thoughts? No, I, I would agree with that completely. I do think technology is critical to our future path, and it is something that for retail, we've been looking at and monitoring for a very long time. And by retail, I don't just mean you know clothing and, and soft goods. I'm talking about food and dining and all of that. And I think the other area where people are going to have to, our entertainment side, is going to have to get creative about how we provide, because folks need entertainment, right? We need to be able to feel comfortable going to our, our local cinema and things like that. And so that's another area where I think um, I know we're partnering with you know, Olino and trying to figure out ways that we can best facilitate their needs as the time comes when we're able to open that entertainment sector again, which I do believe is, is a ways down the road. But, you know, it's just, it's interesting, and, and I think it's it's very promising to know that there is technology available and we've all become much more abreast and aware of what technology is available and how we can utilize it within our own environments. And so I think that's the key to, to moving forward as well and keeping our community safe. Okay, David, you got about a minute. Yeah, so I, 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 I really do still, still believe that people slowly uh, and eventually will still want to touch things, taste things, hear things, try things on. Now, they may be very different ways of doing those things uh, in the future, but I do really believe that we will figure out uh, ways to make those things happen. Because 
Thank you so much. We've run out of time, and we could go on another hour. We'd like to thank our guests, uh, Probridge GM, David Chanelli, Sherry Menor McNamara of the Chamber of Commerce, and Stephanie English of Kai Maikana Ali'i. This is Catherine Cruz. Join us tomorrow for more of the conversation. Mm-hmm.